Hello, and welcome to Local Legends. I'm Chi, outdoor fitness coach, and I am your host. Local Legends is a conversation with passionate cyclists who impact riding in Southern California, and specifically, San Diego. Here comes my next local legend. Hello, and welcome to episode 13 with Tammy Tabik. I'm super excited to have her on Local Legends. I've known her for quite a long time as I was racing Cat 1 cross-country mountain bike and racing against her often and getting whooped by her properly. Having her on the show, telling her story and all that she's learned is just so inspiring. I also wanted to note about in this show, I I asked her a few times about um, her racing at Worlds and mentioned things about categories and professionals. So in case you weren't sure, I'm not going to go into road racing, but in mountain bike racing, you start off as a beginner um, and it's cat three, and then you move up to sport, which is cat two, and then up to expert, which is cat one, and then pro. Not that everybody goes to pro, but that's the way that it goes. So cat one is the highest level until you get to professional. So in this interview, we talk about worlds, and my presumption was that you had to be professional to race worlds. And that's not the case. You can go in as a cat one. You can even go as a cat two, as I understand, into a world race. So I just wanted some, to clarify that and to educate and inform. And I'm hoping that I educate and inform properly. Um, so that is um, what I wanted to explain about the mountain bike racing. So enjoy this interview with Tammy Tabik, and I will see you on the other side. All right, here we are, Local Legends with Tammy Tabek. Tabik. Tabik. Okay. Go. It's okay. I wouldn't have corrected you. All right. So, a local legend, San Diego, world uh, race at world level. Um, I got to say, the first time I met you, uh, you caught me off, uh, went to a quick and dirty race on the start line with you. Oh, and I'm yeah. thinking, who is this lady? <laughs> Just shot away and i was very humble like holy shit i had no idea who you were if i'd known i would be now i know um so anyway i would love to know more about your story and hear about your writing history um you have been around the block and then some so how did it start with you? Where did you start writing? How did you start writing? Yeah, so uh, it's been it's been an interesting travel, and uh, yeah, definitely want to thank you for inviting me to 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 sit in today and to share my story because, um, you know, I, I think sometimes you forget the the road that uh, that you've traveled, right? So mm -hmm. um, this is always kind of fun for me, mm -hmm. right, and stuff and. And of course, I get to meet new people like yourself, and you know, honestly, that's what keeps me going in the sport. Yeah, right? absolutely. So it's a circular motion, but yeah. So, so riding, uh, you know, first of all, you have to understand that I've been a jock my entire life. Okay. So from the time I was um, <clears throat> three years old, apparently, I was riding <laughs> skateboards, um, and then it, you know, continued to just graduate from there. You know, I was playing football with the boys in the street. Um, you know, I was the quarterback. I, you know, I didn't see a difference between, you know, girls and boys. Absolutely. I was just one of, right. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, I kind of believe that, that everybody's born with a talent, you know, and now whether they tap into that or not, that's strictly up to that individual and their, and their story or their travel. But uh, everybody has, uh, everybody, everybody has something that they're, that they, that they're really good at or they're passionate about and sport happened to be mine. So um, in like 1986, um, I uh, was working for a guy named Bob Ashwiggy. Uh, and he's like, Oh, damn, you, you ought to try this mountain bike thing. You know, he and his buddies had, you know, rode mountain bikes. How old were you at this time? I was 20, uh, at that point I was 26. Okay. So I had, uh, played in high school. I played softball and basketball. Of course, those were the sports. Okay. Uh, excelled, you know, all league basketball, softball, you know, I was, I, I was a catcher. Um, Heck yeah. So, right. So all the, like, I loved aggressive positions in right? the middle of everything, in the middle of yeah. everything. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I liked the action. And, uh, so you get, you get out of high school, um, and, and I'm progressing back a little bit, but, it, but there's no, no, reason why. so you get out of high school and you're like, Holy cow, what am I going to do? Because yeah. team sports, right. You're not going to be playing. I'm not going to be playing softball, the local college, uh, junior college um, wanted me to come and play basketball for them. And um, I remember getting a call from the coach of Grossmont College. Okay. She calls me and says, Tam, you know, my grades, listen, I wasn't a scholar. Okay. I was, I was in school to play sports. Right. Okay. So <laughs> PE uh, was your favorite. Subject. Right. PE was my favorite and I excelled at it. But, um, and I didn't come from a background where college was important. College was a necessity. So I came from a background of entrepreneurs. Mm. So it was all about business and making money. Wow. So, and there's a reason I'm going to tell you that because yeah. the coach calls me, <laughs> she calls me. And in those days you actually had a phone, Yeah. you know, <laughs> you picked up the, you didn't have a cell phone. You didn't have a pager and you know, you didn't know who was calling you. And <laughs> I picked up the phone and I remember it was like an avocado green phone that you had in my bedroom at home. And she told me who she was and she said, Tammy, we would love to have you come up and play for us. Right now, listen, that would be an honor, right? Instead, I say, oh. I really appreciate it. This is, I'm, you know, I'm, I truly appreciate the offer, but I'm going to go to work. Oh. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to move out and I'm going to go to work. And she said, so you're not going to go to college. I said, no, I'm going to go to work. And that was the end of that. So uh, of course I went to work and, uh, and started that process. You know, I look back and I just go, gosh, Tammy, uh, I, I wish I, that's the only thing that I probably regret because okay. here's, here's the gig. You can work for the rest of your life. Nobody told me that, right? You can work for the rest <laughs> of your life. What's two or three or four years, right? But anywho, that was um, the avenue I took, got involved in. Um, so at that point, I'm like, what am I going to do? What kind of sport am I going to do? And so I, I continued to play basketball at the re recreational level with the guys at the local gym, right, for about a year and a half. And then I went to 24-hour uh, uh, fitness um, you know, cause now I got to join a gym, joined a gym, uh, saw these people playing racquetball. Oh, I had never played racket sports and never was an individual, you know, sports person. Okay. So I, 
started playing, I got a membership, I started playing racquetball and actually for the next uh, 25 years following uh, was a national level what? racquetball player. So, um, what? so yeah, so uh, I traveled around and played racquetball for 25 years, for 25 years. Holy smokes. Right. And so, so when in 1986, I was playing racquetball every day, you go to, the, you go, you play racquetball for two or three hours, you know, uh, and then you play tournament on weekends. Right? Wow. That's, so, I had no idea. Yeah. So a uh, lot of fun. Oh my gosh. You know, you played racquetball, you drank beer, you played racquetball, you drank beer. <laughs> Sounds you know? good to me. <laughs> and, um, had some great friendships out of that. Huh. Um, and, uh, it was played, quite the thing too. Oh, it was in, in it the eighties. I don't know if it's still huge. a thing right now. To it was, be honest. it was huge. Uh, I know my parents yeah, I think, played and I was like, where are you guys going? Like they had the bag and you just, the whole, the whole thing, you lug your bag around. I played for <laughs> Ectalon. I played, uh, played for Wilson and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was what you did. You know, you got off work, you rushed to the gym. Yeah. Right. Huh. So in 1986, I start when I was working for Bob Ashwiggy. That's a good name. He's awesome. <laughs> awesome guy. Awesome guy. Uh, he's like, Tam, you rode motorcycles growing up. And I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We went to the desert, you know, dune buggies, motorcycles. And in fact, I wanted to race motorcycles. Um, however, uh, my mom and dad were getting divorced and neither one would buy, buy me a motorcycle. Aww. Right. Cause it was, you know, it was like, no, have your dad buy it. No, have your mom buy it. You, you know, that yeah. it was the, you know, it was the seventies. That's, that's how it went. So anyway, Bob's like, well, let's get you a bike. Now understand I'm like 25, 26, don't have a lot of money. Um, bikes weren't super expensive, but it's all relative. Right. So he said, come on, I'm going to take you up to, uh, cycling tunes, which at the time there were a couple stores, but he took me up to the one in La Mesa. Cause I, I grew up in, uh, East County and he goes, so we go in there and he says, I'm going to buy you a bike. I'm like, yeah, buy me a bike. Goes, yeah. I'm going to buy you a bike and then you're going to make payments. Oh, awesome. So, uh, I'm like, I, I like that one. Cause I liked the blue. I liked the color. <laughs> He's okay. Well, let's check it out. You know? And, uh, and it had good components, I guess. Cause I okay. didn't know anything. Yeah. It was a Miata Valley runner <laughs> and it was rigid fork. Cause, cause Did um, they had suspension yet. No. no, Richie was doing some development, but listen, they were like super expensive. Like those bikes were like $600. Know, no, the, well, no, my bike was $675. Okay, yeah, that's legit. The Richie bikes were like almost $1,900, oh. right? But it was all new technology. Nobody was riding. Nobody rode that. No, why, do you, why would you need that? You know, so uh, we got the bike and I, and I started making payments to Bob and, you know, just like a little payment book and, you that's know, awesome. paid off my bike. And at the time... This is the funniest thing. I had, um, I was driving a, <laughs> I was driving a Mercury Cougar. It was cool. Luxury. You know, I was an outside sales, you know, I was wearing dresses and heels and I was seeing clients and, you know, I was, I was the thing. Yeah. I, I would put, <laughs> I would put that bike in the, in, in, of course the car had the like velour seats oh, and my. that was styling. 
you know, I was happening. I would put that bike in the back seat of that cougar and of course meet the guys for a ride. Right? Awesome. It would fit. Oh, you take oh totally. Top? Really? Yeah. yeah well, you take car. the front, you take the front. Oh, those were big cars. Uh, you take the wheel off, you put it in there and, you know, and you get to the, your destination, you have to, you know, put the wheel back on and stuff because they didn't have through axles. It was just quick release. Right. So I started meeting Bob and his pals over in mission trails. And that's when mission trails was uh, open. It yeah. Was, listen, they're good free old range, days. good old days. Wow. And awesome writing. And that's some, that's where I learned a lot of my skills was out there. Big time. Yeah. That was one of the go-to places because that's where you could really hone your technical skills and stuff like that. Huh. You know, and you show up in spandex shorts, tennis shoes, and a, and a t-shirt, right? That's how you rode. And uh, you didn't have clipless pedals. They were, you had what they called bear claws. They were, your, your shoe went into the strap and you tightened up mm -hmm. the strap. Mm -hmm. And those things, when you, your foot would come out, that thing would flip around and, and, and hit in the shins. Ouch. Oh yeah. my gosh, right? But listen, uh, yeah, those were the memories, right? And I just remember like trudging up hills with these guys and thinking, holy cow, this is, whew, this yeah. is difficult, right? Uh, so I continued. So at that point, you know, the seed was planted, the passion for cycling started and, and I continued to play racquetball and, and ride bikes for the next 10 years. You know, oh. I did both, right? Uh, you know, you rode in the morning, you played racquetball at night, right? Um, and Quite the worked. life. <laughs> oh, and I worked, you know, yeah. so we were shuffling a lot younger, had a lot more energy. And drink beer. And drink beer, right. Uh, well, the funny thing is, and I don't know, you know, I sometimes I, I tend to share this, sometimes I don't, but in 1980, uh, let's see, 1988, uh, uh, I got clean and sober. So, oh. right. So I, um, uh, listen, I was just a partier. I oh. mean, I, I played hard in sport and I played hard in party, you okay. know, so, and so you get to a point, sometimes you think that you're just going to grow out of it. And, and I didn't. So anyway, I started going to recovery meetings, uh, and you know, been clean and sober since. Right. Wow. That's right. That's huge. So, uh, so what that allowed really was like, I had consistency, but it even allowed more consistency. Right. And then of course your abilities, uh, you know, your work started to pay off, you know, uh, in the workplace, your sport, when you worked, started to pay off, you know, you become more consistent overall, right. Better yeah. decision-making. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have choices, right. So, um, so I didn't, so, um, so night, so now that's 88. So about 91, I got involved with the San Diego cycle vets and they were, uh, they're a local club. I'm sure you've no. heard of that. Okay. Cycle so they, vets. Cycle vets. So it used to be San Diego cycle vets and then San Diego bicycling club was started. Okay. The cycle vets were known all over. I okay. mean, everybody belonged to the cycle vets and what was it short for veterans? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you didn't have to be a veteran. Okay. It was just, it was, they offered all range of riding, mm -hmm. right? And they allowed, they, and they taught people kind of the rules of the road. Okay. Right? All, Literally mean, and figuratively? Fi yeah. Okay. 
young people, old people, you know, multi, uh, like there were multi folks with national titles, world titles, you know, um, and again, they were both young and old, right? So if you were just new, you were like, holy cow, look at that 60 year old and they've mm-hmm. got a world title. Holy cow, you know? So I started to meet people. We started to meet people. And of course that becomes your family, your, your family, right? Met a guy and a gal, Robin Jean Bernhard, and they were racing, uh, mountain bikes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I started, we started going on rides with them. Well, mm. I mean, their rides were like, gee, many Crockett's. It was like, you know, 30 mile mountain bike rides, you know, but listen, it always had like with Rob Bernhard, you were always climbing. I just remember going, well, how many more climbs do we have? Right. So, cause you're new to it. Right. And um, then he encouraged me to, to race. Right. And you start racing the big bear. And this, at this point, you'd have the same bike. Okay. Or did you grow so I, the... Okay, so the Miata uh, was retired. Okay. And I bought a used uh, full... Sus- or not full suspension. No. Uh, just front suspension from mm-hmm. some friends. Right? Okay. It was, a, it was a Kdex. I think Giant ended up buying Kdex. Okay. You know? It was an aluminum composite. And so I started of course, racing that. Um, but what was really like a pivotal point for me is Rob Bernhard was, had been riding for a long time. And, you know, we were doing places, we were, our rides were like Black Mountain and Ramona, mm. right? This is, listen, this is 1991. Sagebrush. Uh-huh. They weren't grooming trails at Sagebrush. Yeah. Okay. This, um, and I remember the stuff was gnarly. Yeah, you know, and I remember I'd sit on Rob's wheel and he was fast and he was super smooth and I'd be scared. I mean, like, oh my God, how am I just keep going? Just follow his line, follow his line. Right. And I came up with this, with this deal to kind of beat the fear. And, uh, and I would, I would, I, I would sing a song. And the song that I would sing is it's only rock and roll, but I like it because it's only rocks <laughs> and we're and only rolling and I, I like it. it. Right. So, um, and I would just sing that in my head, you know, and it overcame the fear Aww. and I learned. Yeah. What a positive right? self-talk. Right. So, yeah. I, and I learned, and, uh, I don't know if Rob knew at the time that he was teaching me the technical skills of downhilling, but he was mm-hmm. right. And then, of course, I started racing uh, as a sport up at Big Bear, and and it was fun. And you know, you 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 do good, and of course, that just stokes the fire, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it just it just kind of developed from there. You know, nineteen ninety one, ninety two, ninety three. I start um, racing a little more. Uh, Gene and Rob, Gene and Rob were on a uh, bike USA. It was called Bike USA. It was a store. Oh. They were um, bike stores. And uh, they were sponsored by them, and they got me on the team. Oh. And you got free bike and free race entry, right? Okay. So they supported you in that. Is and that your first team phenomenal. sponsor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was awesome, right? Now I've got a Trek uh, Carbon. Maybe, I don't know if it, no, not the first one. It was aluminum. 
And then just for a second, you said you raced in Big Bear. I'm assuming yeah. that's cross country, but that may mm-hmm. not be right. Mm-hmm. You did. You were racing cross country. Just cross country on okay. the front end. Just cross cross country, no downhill at that point. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I'm getting my feet wet. I'm racing. We're doing, you know, we're doing like Kern, uh, Kern County mm-hmm. stage racing, cool. Big Bear, you know, and uh, Lake Steak. That was a big mm-hmm. one, uh, kind of local races, if mm-hmm. you will. And, but with every, so that's like nine, so 92, 93, mm-hmm. um, and around 95, I think, think a couple of things happened at all the cross country races. There were also downhill races. Okay. Yep. Okay. So the downhill races weren't what they are today where you're, you know, going off, you know, I call it extreme. Okay. Right. So it was more like the kamikaze at mammoth, you know, big bear was doing downhills, but you know, there, there, there were big berms and maybe a, a rock launch, but there weren't any like major drop offs or, Things that we're going to, yeah. So a gal named uh, Ann Hall, which actually lives up here in your neighborhood, um, was racing downhill. I mean, she was racing downhill as a professional. She was actually, wow. I mean, she either did the first or second um, X Games huh. in Big Bear. And um, in fact, she is a local legend. That's but cool. she's so humble. Uh, she flies under the radar. Uh, I'm out in Ann. I'm going to out you. You just did. So, um, so she had a Yeti that she was selling because she, she had just done the X games. She had done a bunch of downhill racing. She had hurt her back. She was kind of over it. She was done. Right. And, um, so I bought her Yeti. Right. And, um, I actually, the Yeti that I bought was actually it. She had, uh, used it in the X games. Uh, when they did them at Big Bear and it was on snow and she's in Sports Illustrated. Wow. Like when you open the magazine, it's a fold out, a van coming down. uh, uh, Hot damn. Right. Wow. So I buy her bike. I start doing downhill. Why not? Because you have cross country on Saturday Mm -hmm. and you're racing downhill on Sunday. Why not? Why not? Why wouldn't you? Right. Uh, and Rhonda Quick and I, you know Rhonda. Okay. We were traveling around to a lot of local races and doing both the cross country. I, I was going to ask you that towards the end. Like, who did you run, line up yeah. with? Like, how was the lineup yeah. of these races with women and the group? But but go ahead. Okay, so you and Rhonda. So, so we were kind. We were doing the the cross country downhill thing because it was fun. And then of course we started to do well, right? And so I got more serious about the downhill. I think Rhonda did a few more races, but of course focused on cross country, right? Okay. She ended up winning a, um, worlds in Switzerland when we went there, but, um, yeah. So started getting more involved in, uh, downhill racing and then, uh, had some success there. Um, and, and turned pro, right. But I was kind of like what you call a neo pro. I had a day job, you know, so oh, I, okay. I, I had money you know, money to spend on racing. So I didn't worry too much about like securing like big sponsorships. That what did kind you of call thing. it? Neo? I call, I call it a Neo pro. That means you're a pro, but you're kind of not really, you know, I mean, like I wasn't full, I didn't have a full ride. Okay. You know, um, 
but you race against other professionals. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You were going to all the nationals, what they call Norba nationals, Vermont, okay. uh, Utah, um, you know, racing both cross country and, uh, downhill as well. Right. So I would be, oh my gosh, wow. I would be lugging my both bikes in cases through airports. Wow. It was just crazy. Um, you know, part of that, part of the gang that was doing that was a gal named Michelle Taylor, uh, Mike Jennings. I don't know if you know Mike Jennings, uh, a guy named Carl. We were all downhillers. I was the only one that was doing both, right? So we would collectively, you know, we'd get a place to stay. Oh, that's We'd nice. have the same van. That's great. You know? So that must have been fun. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was. Um, it was and then crazy. when you were here, I'm assuming you were winning things or podium a lot. Yeah. So when you went to the different states, were you surprised with the level that you were, or were you like, were you did what? What? How did yeah. that work? So out? so here's how it rolled. You know, big fish, little fish. Totally. So <laughs> no, it went more like this. So so as a cross country racer, uh -huh. I was on the podium because I I was an expert oh, writer. Oh, I was really? an expert writer. Okay. I stayed expert on cross country. Okay. Um, so I was on podium most of the time. Downhill, my best finish was Pennsylvania, and I think I think I was seventh. Okay. Uh, because that course suited me. Okay. The rest of the time, I was somewhere you know around top twelve, thirteen, okay. something like that. Because I I didn't dedicate my life to the downhill because I liked cross country. Okay. I'm, if I I think if I would have just focused on downhill probably would have had a little bit more success, but it, it that wasn't really the most important thing to me. Okay. I mean, I enjoyed doing both. Um, you're a professional at both levels. Well, I was, I was an expert, expert writer. So you're a cat one. I was a cat one. Yeah. Okay. So at the same time though, I have, I also have, uh, with Jean Bernhardt, we have a women's cycling team called Harbor Lights. We were a grassroots San Diego team. Hmm. Okay. So I would come home from Utah, Pennsylvania after doing downhill cross country, I'd have a couple days in town and then I'd pack my road bike and go ride the stage race in Altoona. I did Altoona. That was a seven day stage race. I did Redlands two or three times. So wow. I was doing, I was doing the dirt downhill cross country and the road uh, as a cat one. Wow, that is a lot of miles uh, and training. A lot of movement. Yeah. So crazy. I wanted to ask you about your training then and now. I'm always I love hearing about um, mm. the amount of time and you're working full time. But but I want to continue this journey of how you went from local local in Big Bear to national. You're still on Team USA. Or what? It, that's a yeah. team. You is that what it's called? Yeah. So what happens is when you're doing Norba Nationals, um, you, at that time they had a USA Cycling Masters. Okay. Right. So you would get chosen or make the team oh. for Worlds. Okay. And this right? is UCI or not yet? UC, yeah, it is. It's UCI. So in '99 and 2000, uh, I was on the team. Uh, one year we raced Switzerland. Okay. Uh, that's actually when Rhonda quick won worlds, right. Uh, on cross country, I went in with a broken wrist and collarbone. I had, I had broke it. I had broke both of those 
in Utah about a month oh. before, but I went to worlds anyway. I couldn't do downhill, but I did um, cross country. Oh man. So I just cinched myself up and, and do you and, look back and go, how did I make that work? So, or, well, I had a plan, you know, you just at the super technical step because in Switzerland, it's pretty gnarly, right? It's very damp, rooty, rocky, slippery. I rode, of course, I rode the course um, and I just had a plan. I, at those, at those junctions, I would just get off, run my bike. Oh. Right. So, you know, the biggest part of any race is just to have a plan. And, <laughs> I right, love it. Right. So, um, so yeah, so, so you make the team, the okay. world's team, and then uh, it was in Switzerland one year. And then the next year was, uh, what have you, was Mount St. Anne, right? In Quebec. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you're just, uh, you know, I've got a coach, you know, I think a big, big part of attaining those goals is having a coach because listen, uh, for, for this, for this athlete left to my own devices, I'm, I'm an overtrain every single day because you love the sport. You want to be on your bike, you know, you're going to do stuff. You're going to do this, this athlete's going to do more. Okay. Less, right. And I think so, a lot of people do that's, that's usually the right? case, but okay. So for you though, for sure, like for sure. <laughs> yeah. More is better. Um, you know, put that label on any category for me, right. More is better. Uh, so I had some great coaches, um, uh, uh, Dave Jordan, which was Amber Neben's coach for a long time and Amber Neben, uh, Amber Neben and, um, a gal named, uh, Katrina Grove actually rode for us on Harbor Lights before they went on to become pros, you know, up to the bigger teams. Okay. So we provided a grassroots organization. You know, we supported um, both bike races, lodging, you know, uh, and Gene and I ran that team for about six years. So, okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, so much. Lot, so right? much. Okay. So, I'm just imagining you like with your bikes all over the first all over the US now traveling the world. Um, and you're 30 now. Yeah, I'm I'm actually I started racing when I was 31. Okay, right. Yeah. So, so I'm actually about 38. At that point, and then 39. When you're traveling in the world, I'm assuming that when you left Big Bear and went to national is you're like, Oh, you know, there's this is the quality of you know, of competition and then you go to the world level. Was it a shock or were you felt like you were well prepared? At that yeah, point? not, not a shock because, um, really, you know, even locally or in Southern California and NorCal, we have some of the best writers. Okay. And that, right? oh, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and the word got, you got that word like, Oh guys, we are trained. We have really good skills or what was it that made you this. Yeah. So, I mean, there were, there were just a lot of writers before me, um, instrumental individual on, uh, technical skills. Of course, like I shared was Rob Bernhardt, but Kathy Sessler, she was a world champion. She lived up in Temecula. Um, Michelle and I would go up there every week. She taught us how to jump. Oh. No, because I didn't, I wasn't leaving the ground. You know, I always thought the best thing is to keep, keep the wheels on the ground. And Kathy actually had a ramp, you know, we launched off of, and she taught us how to jump. And she taught me how to see, 
how to see a course. She taught me how you ride uh, technically. Yeah, she's now, uh, she stayed in the industry. She's the team manager for Max's Tires for the men's pro downhill team. Wow. So, I mean, she's phenomenal. Um, and um, yeah, so she prepared us, right? So I was fortunate to come across people that really helped. I mean, they, get, they gave to me freely, you know, the information, right? Um, and prepared me. Uh, so at no time did I go to the line and go, holy crap, I'm uh, outclassed here. Okay. You know, that's so, fantastic. Um, really grateful for that. Um, the thing is, is, you know, you have to be open enough to get the information mm -hmm. and you have to be humble enough to learn it. Mm -hmm. And you have to be consistent enough to practice it. And you have to be willing to hurt, not all the time, but I mean, not like hurt yourself. I'm talking about hurt, you know, uh, and you have to be able to get up every day uh, when you don't want to hmm. and do it repetitiously. So right? you said you would go up weekly to Temecula yeah. to train right? To, for skills alone. Yeah, just skills alone for two hours. I would, I would jam up there. Michelle and I would, you know, would work with Kathy. I bring my work clothes and I have my business at that time. I was going to ask. I bring my work clothes. Okay. I shower at Kathy's. I leave there and then I go make calls. You know, I mean, that was a lot of schlepping. I lived in El Cajon. Jeez. You know? So a lot, is far from San Marcos, but you had a, a, drive a lot of twice as distance, a lot of sacrifice, but it's not really sacrifice, right? When you love it, you're, you, you know, I had a goal and you know, I had particular goals. So when you're racing at Worlds, they pay for your flight and your everything? Like how much are you getting paid? Because I'm sorry, I mean, I know pros, I don't know how much, how pros yeah, get paid. I wasn't, I wasn't getting paid anything. Oh. I was getting my lodging, but you were paying for your flights. Oh. And those types of things. Other riders, I mean, I was blessed. I had a business. We worked hard. It was successful, right? So I was sponsored by that. Um, and it wasn't, like I said earlier, it wasn't important for me to go out and get financial aid as much as it was, was to uh, have bikes, mm -hmm. have people to work on them mm -hmm. and pay the races, pay the, pay the entry fees, which okay. was cool. Right. That was just, that was for me, uh, because I felt like I had a situation that I could take care of myself. And, and there were other people that, that didn't so leave that for them you know let let them be able to to use it i didn't i didn't want to take up that spot you know and so um, you and then you raced in switzerland quebec uh switzerland quebec uh yeah mount saint anne and uh bromont canada okay um i think bromont was where i got yeah bromont is where i got my two uh world championships yeah on the masters side okay. on downhill right okay so never never got one in cross country the it was tough you know i mean uh you know let's be honest i mean um uh, like i'm not 110 pounds so you know when you have somebody that's cut out for climbing you know i was great at technical skills but if you have a course that's predominantly on cross country that's predominantly a, a, a climber's course I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to train 
to keep the deficit at a minimum, but unless you have like six miles of downhill, I'm probably, I'm probably not going to win. You know, it's just not, you know, right. It's just not conducive, but I loved cross country. So. Um, so you race cross country and downhill pro or it's just expert. Expert cross country yeah. and downhill is pro. And and you're saying that because the cross country racers that were that were winning were super super. Mm. Is that what you were implying? They're Ronda Quicks. Okay. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Right. And listen, in cycling, uh, this is my belief that everybody comes with a set of genes. You know, I used to say, and not five hundred one. They come with a set of genes, and some folks have uh, have uh, more ability physiologically uh -huh. than others. That means that if they've got great, great values and they work really hard, they're, they're going to, going to enhance those values. I have decent values, um, <laughs> but I'm going to do my best to maximize them, mm -hmm. but I'm probably not going to, I'm not going to be a Rhonda quick, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just not. Um, so, uh, and that's in like, that's okay. That, yeah. There's a peck, you know, here's the thing in life, there's a pecking order. And so you figure out where you're at in the pecking order mm -hmm. at your very best. Right. And, and, and I align my goals, uh, towards that, towards your right? strengths. Yeah. Right. And okay. if it's not my strength, I figure out how am I going to, how am I, how am I going to minimize the damage? Right. Yeah. How am I going to minimize? So the, so you won the world's. That's so rad in, was, in Canada uh -huh. and like, break that down. Like what did, how, I mean, what a great day for you. I mean, do you guys have so many runs you guys have to like, has that how it still is? Or you just get one run and best time One race win or ra one race run, one you've race got practice run. days, you know, but you've got one race run, right? Um, oh, it's, in, it's, it's incredible. Right. And you're going, you're trying to go as fast as you can downhill, which it could be terrifying. Were you singing that rock and roll song in your head? Or were you well, just thinking zero? Like, like, were you just looking at the line and just so micro focused on, I just think about yeah. like how I am when I'm riding downhill, like something gnarly, like NASCAR, like you. So you've, you've seen the lines, okay. you've practiced for you know, three or four days or okay. five days, Okay. you know, the sections, well, you know what you're going to hit. Okay. You know, you're hitting the left side of this, you're hitting the right side of that rock. When you come to this section, you're, you know, you're having to, you know, go over jumps or, uh, or off, you know, a four foot drop off. You, you know, right in, preparing for that you ride the course you walk the course you diagram the course at night before you go to bed you look at the diagram you visualize um the day of the race i cut deals with god you okay know, i was i in fact i you know I, I finally gave up downhill because i was i was tired of cutting deals right <laughs> uh okay listen if i can just if, if i can just get down this without maiming myself you know uh you know, I'd appreciate it. Right. Um, cause it got quite extreme. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of prep into downhill, you know, and it's, it's, it, it is, uh, it's nerve wracking. It's terrifying all wrapped in up into one. Right. 
What was a saving grace is I had my pals. I had a gal, Lisa Caberlin, and like I said, Michelle Taylor, and we all kind of traveled together. You know, we went to, you know, even worlds. Oh, wow. And so with it, even though you're racing against them, you're, you're pals, yeah. you know, you're, you're united. Uh, huge, huge saving grace, right? So that's interesting to hear the process. I, I, I appreciate that. Cause that's kind of what I was trying to think about. Like you don't just, I didn't know, I didn't know if it was like, first you get a hundred women and then it's top 10. I wasn't sure how the process works. So you get one and done, you get one time, you, you nailed each section and then you just kind of watch what everybody else does. And then you just watch the times and you just sit there and wait for them to come down. Right. And, and um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Right. What a beautiful feeling to be on the top of the podium. Yeah, um, it was, it's cool. I, you know, world titles are precious and I'll tell you why, because once you're a world champion, you're a world champion for life. Nobody can take it away from you, right? Nobody can take it away from you. And, um, and, and only really, you know, the hard work and the sacrifices that, that went into, you know, those stripes, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's, that's great. And then, God, there's just like five things I wanted to ask you just from that, like, but what did you do after I have like five questions I'm, mm -hmm. I'm holding on to over here. Mm -hmm. So, but just to carry on with the timeline, what did you do after that? How did that change your life or did it? Yeah. So funny thing, funny thing. Uh, that's about, <clears throat> I think my last world title on downhill was either 99 or 2000. I'd have, I'd have to look, uh, in, a, in about 2001, I, uh, right after nine 11, during nine 11, oh, I went through, I was going through a divorce. And so I had the business, uh, um, so, you know, life interrupted. Right. And, um, I had already made a conscious decision uh, and I was still married at the time, uh, after a run at mammoth at, at nationals, uh, they were just making it so, so extreme. And I wasn't having fun. Right. I mean, literally to the point where like, at the starting gate, you, you don't, you couldn't even at mammoth, you didn't ride up to the starting gate. You rode over, handed the guy your bike, then climbed up rocks. What? And you had a platform that was maybe whatever the platform was. I don't know. Is it like nine by, eight that you started from in the, in the, from the get go, the drop in was vertical. And I'm like, you know, some me, but F this, yeah, you know, this is just not, I, I am not a daredevil by nature. I'm a calculated risk taker. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, I didn't, I'll tell you what funny thing, you know, cause I've never, quit any, I don't, I don't quit, but I, I went back. We had a motor home. My pal, Lisa, she was with us and, uh, she was racing too. And I'm like, you know what? I'm over this. I am over this. You know, I don't have to prove anything to myself anymore. I have two titles. I can do this. This is just, this is not good for me. So I, I didn't race. I actually, uh, um, pull myself off the starting list and didn't race. And I was done with, I was, I was done with downhilling. 
sold my bike, sold my gear. Whoa. Right? Not mad at it. No. Just going, you know what, Tam? You don't have to prove. You don't have to prove anything any, anymore to anybody. Did anybody, yeah. did you have a feeling that a lot of other people felt similar to yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, well, at least my pals did, Michelle and Lisa. We all kind of hung it up after that, right? And it's not still, cross country though. And the bikes still then were probably better, but still not necessarily. <laughs> they were, you had um, six inches in front, five oh. inches in the back. Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, that, yeah, but I was just mentally like, you don't have to prove anything anymore. So continued to ride cross country. Um, yeah, I got divorced, kept a business uh that had some financial challenges so i really just put my focus in that i had the team um i had it also had um had a juniors team oh. yeah we had a, a i think five or six juniors they were racing at a national level my niece was on it um and they were all track riders and actually just kind of dove into supporting that you know went to the races went to national races Trexeltown. Um, we had uh, national caliber racers that came out of our program, and Michael Blanchford uh, was all became an Olympian oh. from our pro. You know, he was in our program, and then he went on to become. So uh, those were some good times mixed with some obviously some emotional, yeah, rebuilding weird times. You know, uh, wasn't really racing much, and that was okay because I had raced a ton. So just trying to pay attention to life and figuring out how to navigate the next chapter, right? Yeah. Okay. So how did you manage working and racing for the time? It sounds like you started racing in 90 and for 92. Yeah. For almost 10 solid yeah. years. Yeah. And that's a, that's a decade. That's a big time of your life. How did, how did you, and you were playing racquetball. So, yeah, so <laughs> right around 98, I think I stopped the racquetball because what was happening, obviously, cycling was taking up, you know, I was road racing and riding the dirt. So that became all encompassing. And, and my passion was, you know, I kind of, you know, I'd play once a, once or twice a week racquetball and then it started to, you know, once a week, and um. you know, it just kind of, it's weird. You don't make, I didn't make a conscious decision to give it up. I still love the sport, but. You know, just something had to give, you know, um, your body's just getting hammered. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I worked, but obviously my ex-husband at the time was my business partner. So he was holding the fort down. Okay. You know, like I always, <laughs> he was supposed to be managing the money. I was making the money cause I was in sales. Okay. And then what was the my, business? Uh, industrial packaging. So okay. I've been in packaging for 40 plus years. Okay. You know, boxes and, uh, you know, uh, just packaging anything that you can think of. Right. I think boxes, of Uline bag. and I don't know why. Yeah. That that's, you know, that's Is distribution that... stock. Okay. You know, I do okay. a lot of custom work, okay. you know, so we, I am, we I, my, yeah. I know. but it's, you're, you're right. It's absolutely, it, it's, <laughs> it's a very, uh, the, the, the businesses, that profession has been very, very good to me. Right. Uh, like I always say, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Right. I don't That's think a good thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Not sure that luck has a lot to do with it. Maybe a yeah. little bit. Right. 
so I had the luxury of having a spouse that was uh, managing. Ex- yeah, managing the, the, the fort while I was away, right? And uh, then, of course, when we divorced, I was back at the business and trying to navigate uh, the next steps and how I was going to bring that business back to life. And, you know, crazy time, crazy time, you know. With the uh, finances and like where the world was and that type of well, thing? Well, I think you had 9 11. You okay. had, you know, I think anytime you go through a divorce, whether you choose it or not, is very, oh. very uh, uprooting. Yeah. That's a good I, I heard it really quick. I heard somebody say this, uh, and I can't remember where, but I used the analogy a lot. It was like, you know, you have, you know, how when you put together a puzzle and it's on the table. And if somebody was to come along and just, you know, hit the bottom of the puzzle on the table and the pieces go everywhere. And that's how I identified with my life at the time. The pieces were everywhere. It's like, you know, where, where, where do we go? Where do I go? What am I supposed to do? Yeah. You know, that's not the story that I thought was going to be written. Right. But Hey, it's all, you know, it, it happened, uh, and a stronger person for it, for sure. Um, so paid attention to the business, um, and um, uh, there there was a guy uh, Simon Marshall. Uh, he was our uh, Harbor Lights coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and Gene had uh, worked together up at San Diego State University. They were, they were both professors. Simon mm-hmm. and I were very close, and uh, he had taken off, went across. He's British. Went back to England to get his doctorate. And in the meantime, he meets a gal, um, Leslie Patterson. Oh. So huh. Simon, Simon calls me, says, hey, listen, we're getting married. Um, but I uh, have secured a job at San Diego State University. We're coming back over, and I want you to meet Leslie. Huh. And so, uh, so, right, I'm coming out of the divorce. I'm like, bike racing, I've been there, done that. You know, I'm kind of not feeling the, the, the fire. But riding is always there. Oh, yeah, you're, you're right. Oh, so we you're ride no matter what, right? R- road, mountain bike, both. both. Right. Okay. Simon brings Leslie back, um, and uh, he says, "Hey, um, we, you know, we, Leslie and I meet. Instant. Oh my goodness. Bond, right? Instant friend. Even though there's a ten year difference, I always say I'm not sure that I'm extremely immature, or you're just <laughs> extremely mature. What, what the relationship works, right? So that's she, cool. I had no idea any of this. Yeah. Best pals. Um, so <clears throat> I get Leslie on Harbor light. She starts writing crits. She's an ex British national team member. So she's a high caliber athlete, right? From triathlon, but she's gotten burned out on triathlon. Okay. So I get her into bike racing a little. Meantime, she discovers Xterra off-road triathlon. Huh? So she gets through with her first, Xterra, which was in Vale Lake. It was like 110. She says, you know, in her voice, in her Scottish voice, Tam, you got to, you got to try this sport out. And I'm like, I don't know. Listen, I don't do triathlon. You're a bike racer. You don't like triathletes because they can't handle their bike. You have preconceived notion on what a triathlete is. That is how it is. That is the culture that I've been brought up in. And she goes, no, no, you got to try this because it's, it's a diff- awesome. It's, it's a different road. beast, yeah. I said, Leslie, what do I know about running and swimming? I absolutely, well, I'm not a runner. Oh yeah, 
you ran. I said, Leslie, I ran in high school, like when they made you, I don't <laughs> run and swimming. Yeah, I grew up swimming, but I don't swim in a pool laps. I swim, I body surf. I'm a Californian. We'll teach you. Sure as heck. Uh, they write a program for me, her and Simon. You know, first of all, it's, you know, I go out and I, they've got me running like, they've got me running like 30 minutes. Yep. I'm like, I go out for 10 minutes. I got a side ache. Yeah. I'm living in Scripps Ranch. I've met Paul. Uh, we're, I'm living up there and, and I'm in, and I'm running a mile. The first mile I got to walk because I got a side ache. Yeah. Like, this isn't working. Obviously it progressed. Um, started swimming, got into a master's program, right? Um, show up at my first race at Rim Nordic Xterra off-road triathlon. I come third overall. What? So I'm like, oh, oh, oh I like the this. The bug is I back. Like, again, remember, you know, sport for me is a way to express myself. And of course, when you do well, you're yeah. like, oh, I like this. But, you know, and that's been the last you know, 11 years for me, racing Xterra oh. and bike racing, right? Um, but Xterra is where I got my other three world titles. Oh, that's rad. So um, there you go. So, you know, uh, competed wow. at a national level, world level, um, and and really, uh, you know, Leslie's coached me through, through those those attainments right? so okay i know i know the ironmans and the triathlons i've done some triathlons break it down the xterra what is the distances or yeah. like i mean are they all the same does it get longer with the worlds they're all olympic distance oh okay so is olympic distance so you know it's 1500 meter swim it's uh somewhere around 19 to 21 mile bike and then it's always a 10K. So if you think of that, you're like, oh, okay, well, that's not bad. That's a mid distance. That's Olympic distance. In Xterra, that can be anywhere from, you know, for me, for a master's athlete, that can be anywhere from, you know, three and a half hour effort to, you know, 420. It just depends, right? Um, depends on the course. Yeah. Right. So predominantly, they're not super technical, uh, but there's always a lot of climbing on the bike, uh -huh. right? Uh, the swim, you've got people that have been swimming since they were toddlers competitively, right? And it's a huge difference. Like oh the, my the, gosh. the gap, right? Right. Yeah. So I really had to work on my swim and minimizing the damage, right? So my efficiency, efficiency, I mean, I, I got my swim to where I could manage the deficit. So I wasn't coming out, you know, seven minutes behind the, the uh -huh. lead swimmers. You know, if that was only two or three minutes, I was good because I could catch them on the bike. Yeah. And then I had to really ref like refine. I had to really become a good runner. I mean, like, because that was also a lot of climbing in Xterra. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a flat course. You were always at elevation. You're always, you know, climbing. Everything was climbing. There we <laughs> so go again. There's your friend that, um, so, I mean that, uh, you know, I've been to a lot of venues, uh, made a lot of friends, uh, lifelong friends, uh, and at the world level, um, 
the worlds were always in uh, Maui. Oh. You know? so, but you had to qualify. You had to qualify for them, right? And then also at the same time throughout the years, I've done, you know, to stay in sh shape on the triathlon side, because listen, that's a whole nother shindig. Yeah. I mean, to put three sports together, it's one thing to put a mountain bike race together. It's another thing to put three sports together. It is effing hard. Yeah, it is. yeah right? it's a if time about, commitment. It is tons. Right? You're doing two sports a right? day. Um, so I would do road tries, Olympic distant road tries um, in between oh. the Xterras because, you know, it hones your skills. I did a couple 70.3s as well. Um, oh, geez. That's a, that's a long distance. Yeah. Um, you said that you did that for 10 years? I've been doing triathlon for, I think this is, this would be my 12th year, but I'm not sure. I'm. Oh, I'm, you've been doing it since like this past year. Yeah. I went to Worlds in October. And? Yeah. In Maui and, and took second and got second. Wow. So. Wow. Congratulations. Thanks. That's thanks. incredible. Um, so, you know, listen, it's, it's a hard discipline. Uh, triathlon right and so uh but the but i think what's happened for me is you've got to really have a fire for for triathlon because it takes so much training so really this year i'm i'm doing a lot of bike racing i enjoy the bike i i love the mountain bike i love lining up um and i've kind of got um kind of got my passion back for for the race and the mountain bike right mm -hmm. so uh and heck, it's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot easier just to do one thing, Let's right? Support. But still enjoy run. You know, I do, uh, you know, a few months back, uh, um, November, December, I did some halves in the dirt, you know, so that's kind of my, I like that distance. Can um, you, in, in Xterra, can you draft? Because I know, and I yeah. didn't think in, oh, yeah. in triathlons, can mm -hmm. you draft? No. I didn't think so. No, not in road triathlon, you can't. But in dirt, you can, you know, if you can stay on somebody's wheel yeah, for yeah. sure in the dirt. Yeah, I just wasn't yeah. sure what the rules were for, yeah, but for not that. On road. And right. so I'm assuming that when you're with the Xterra, your your strength was in the run in the biking. That's where you would put Excel. the cell. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that is yeah. so amazing. So you continue to work. You continue to have your business. You have the same business. So I sold the business in 2007. Okay. Um, and went to work for uh, another packaging company. Okay. Um, and um, was with them for a bit. Um, still continued to race and, you know, because now I was in triathlon. Um, and the whole time you're in triathlon, you're also racing mountain bike <laughs> because you're, you know, you keep the skin, the, the skills home. You know, Leslie and I were doing Big Bear. We were doing local races, quick and dirty, you know. Um, so, you know, we're doing local run races, you know. Um, and then you're also doing triathlon because you're, you're, you know, keeping up on those. Local on those. run races. Like, yeah, there's like, a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, there's probably one every week. Totally, off-road. Off-road, trail yeah, running. And you never got more into trail running? Like, got ultra, I mean. Not ultras. No, that's too, <laughs> that's too much time in my head. That's too much time by myself. Holy cow. There's a lot that goes on up here. Yeah. Um, yeah, no distance preferred distance in the dirt is half, half iron, yeah, half, 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 half marathon. Yeah. That's still so a long time. It is. 
right? But That's it's just your preferred? Enough. That's my preferred. Yeah. Ooh. And even on the road, I've done, you know, I've done some of the local, you know, road run races and those types of things. Um, yeah. So, you know, for me, if I focus on just one thing, one sport, it gets kind of, um, I don't want to say it gets boring, but it gets monotonous. It gets too serious for me. Uh -huh. So I offset it by doing other things. Right. And, cha and, and challenging yeah. you know, myself, but, um, yeah. So doing the work thing, still doing the, I took seven months off last year, um, from work, uh, and then, uh, got the opportunity to go back with a, with a company uh, in February, OSI creative and, uh, back in the packaging space. So, um, digging it. So. That's okay. Um, so what is, what are you training for this year? Like what, what, or do you, does it, or does it matter what you're training for? You're always kind of doing the same type of training program. Yeah, no, no. It, um, so, uh, of course, BWR wafer. I mean, yep. I, I did, I, I trained for that. I made sure that I was prepared. Uh, we haven't even talked about you riding gravel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, gravel's <laughs> just like, gravel's just like riding a rigid fork. Yeah. That's, it's just back to my roots. Right. Except you're on a, you know, you're in drop bars instead of straight bars. Right. So yeah, that transition has been easy. Yeah. Right? I love it. Yeah. Um, uh, so I wanted to be in shape for that. Uh, and listen, the last two years I blew really hard on wafer because I go out, you know, I just like to go out hard and then I, you know, would limp in, uh, this year had a, had a, had a better experience. Um, you know, this year's goals are more like this. Uh, I want to, I want to be fit. I want to stay competitive. Um, going to, um, the last, uh, what is it? Justice race the last, mm -hmm. best, you know, I did that last year. Oh, we had okay. fun. There's a group of us that go. So it's social, but it's also a great race. Um, also got invited. Uh, this is actually probably the biggest thing that I have going on this year is I got invited to, uh, to race with CAF, a team, oh. uh, for uh, Rebecca's private Idaho. Oh, very okay. Okay. So the cool thing about that whole situation, the way it unfolded, is I'm like, you know, I should really be involved in something like that, right? I should really, I should get involved. And the next thing I know, I got uh, Linda V. Hall uh, reaching out to me. She's putting a team together, and I've known her for years uh, through Xterra. Um, and uh, she said, "Hey, would you be interested in being on the team?" And I'm like, "Yes, I would." You know. Yeah. So how things work for me, you know, I had kind of thought that in my head, probably un unintentionally put it out to the universe and that opportunity came up. And um, so I, I think it's a great organization. I uh, have watched from the sidelines for a lot of years. I watched, you know, Mike Jennings, a good friend of mine and Melinda Dyer, or not uh, Dyer, um, I'm drawing a blank, Melinda, get involved in it. I mean, really get involved. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, I need to be doing that. I, I need to give back. So, yeah. uh, plus I get to ride my bike. Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean to be on that team? I mean, okay. So in case people don't know, CA, sure. CAF is uh, challenge athletes foundation. Correct. So you're racing 
you're representing them, you're wearing their kit, or you're raising money for them, or you're helping somebody? Both, uh, raising money, Uh wearing the clothing, and of course, racing with with challenged athletes on our team during that event, right? And so, and do you have already met that person? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, we just this just happened two or three weeks ago. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's inspiring. Um, No big plans to go to like that is my my big plan. Okay. Right. Um, Because uh, because I'm juggling work. I'm juggling work as well. Right. And there's certain things that that we have goals for uh, on the professional side of, you know, with work this year as well. So, uh, you know, a very big part of, of who I am and my, my success as an end just individual is having a a work balance. Right. Mm -hmm. And that shifts from year to year, Mm -hmm. you know, that shifts and, and that's, and, and that's good because I think that, that's how it should. And then you be, also right? evolve, like you also get better at doing things or, also, or let go 100%. of things like, you know what? I don't know why I'm wasting my time on that or right. hundred percent. Right. So what is, what does that look like? Or how do I don't even know what the right question is, but like, what does that mean to you now? Do you, you know, sleep more or like, do you I just work out lot. shorter or work out? Yeah. Long? Great. That's a great question. I, I love to sleep. <laughs> I don't nap though. I am not a napper. Okay. Uh, but listen, I go to bed at eight thirty. Oh my! I mean, I am. <laughs> listen, at eight oh five, I'm like, wow, I am super tired. You know, so I'm in bed like eight thirty, and I sleep uh, either eight or nine hours. Beautiful. You know? um, Wait a minute. Let me do the math there. That means you're waking well, up, up at five. At six. I, oh. I get up at five. Like I'll get up anywhere from five to five thirty. And that's just your normal. You that's don't set an do. alarm. No, I just get up and then you've got, I'm either off to swim. Oh. Uh, I swim three times a week. Um, or, uh, I'm on the bike for an hour and a half, maybe, Okay. you know, um, um, or, you know, sometimes I'm just running with max, you okay. know? Um, and then at night, you know, like when you got the quick and dirty series, I'm, you know, it's hard to drag myself over there to race at six o'clock, right? You're almost in bed. <laughs> I'm like, holy cow, this is going to take me to my bedtime. Um, but I force myself because because it's fun once I, you know, get into it. And I know that I've got to do it to keep up the skills. Uh, because I've done, I've done where I've strayed and I, or I shouldn't say strayed, but where I haven't, you know, made that part of my routine. And, mm-hmm. and there's certain things that suffer, you know, as you... I don't want to say it, but as time ticks on, yeah. if you don't keep those skills honed, you start to lose them a hair, right? And that goes on just even back when I was younger. So um, I'm just I'm just a firm believer, and you've got to keep, you know, the technical skills honed at least. I mean, you got to be in the dirt once a week mm-hmm. at least, right? And 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 the quick and dirty stuff really forces you, you know, at AT for an hour and 15 minutes or whatever the case is. What did you say at AT? Yeah. At threshold. Okay. There you go. (laughs) Okay. Just want to make sure like at threshold IF (laughs) (laughs) maxed out. Yeah. So, okay. So you told me what you do in the morning, you go to work. Do you work out again later or no? Once you, you work, you wake up, you work out, you go to work and then you're done. And And then, Oh, yoga. I do yoga at night though. Two times a week. On your own, you go. No, somewhere? I go. I go to a studio. Okay. Yeah. 
to core power over in Poway. Um, yeah, I started doing that. Um, Kim, a friend of mine introduced me to it a couple years ago and it's been a godsend. Good. Right. Yeah. So um, hey, I'm not feeding these words to you. I, I, necessity. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm a big believer in, in that balance, um, in all parts of it, like slowing down your breath, um, stretching. Kind of, yeah. The, just getting a tune, like slow the heck down. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I just, I'm just curious. So you're 60 to 62. Yeah. I'm 49. I looking at you because you still kick my ass single handedly. Um, how do you keep going this hard? Like you've never slowed down. I'm asking you and, and saying this, like, I feel like you've never slowed, like you just yeah. keep, keep the engine going. So yeah, well, I, but it's interesting, you know, it's all perception, right? So if you think about <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> well, let me tell you. So like, uh, during, you know, when I was going through a divorce, I slowed down, like I oh. wasn't racing. Right. I was still riding group rides uh -huh. and that kind of thing, pushing myself, but I wasn't racing. So I kind of stepped back a hair uh -huh. and then, and then I went forward again. Okay. Um, and there's periods, you know, it's cyclical, like even within the course of a year, if you have goals laid out, you know, our, you know, our training plan has always been, you know, um, you know, it's, it's cyclical. It's, you know, like three or four weeks hard. Yep. Then, and then of course you're building for the next race. The mm -hmm. race isn't, and the race is never, uh, I'm not racing big races every month. You know, it's every two or three months. Mm -hmm. right? So you do take a step back at times, but, um, COVID love. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I said I, that today. I, I miss COVID. <laughs> I loved COVID for only from a selfish standpoint, because all of a sudden they pulled the plug on racing. So, what that allowed me to do was have permission to not have to have things lined up. Mm. You know, I literally <laughs> went, this is awesome. I would just go out and ride. Mm -hmm. um, it took the pressure off. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, flip side of that coin, what I found interesting is once they started races again, mm -hmm. whoo, man, I was not in race shape. I was, I was the person you know, on the rides that my, my group was waiting for, you know, and I was like, what in the heck is going on? Right. But you take basically, you know, 12 months off from any intensity and you can't just get it back like that. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because one of your hard, you know, it says hardest lesson. Yeah. That was going to go. Hardest there. lesson is the fact that in cycling, like no other sport, I hands down, you cannot fake it. You cannot mm. go to the line and tell your head that you're going to perform. If your body is not conditioned, you cannot get training through osmosis. You can't <laughs> think about it on the couch and think I've done enough. Um, you have to do the work. You have to do the work in cycling to get the results. Cause if you don't do the work, you're, uh, it, you, you can't fake it. Yeah. There's nowhere to hide. You know, but you also have uh, a lot of like you said in the beginning, you have a talent. Everybody has a talent. Yeah. You're athletically gift, 
gifted or you just love the passion of the sport or a little bit of no, both? I, I mean, probably, can... I, that's my, that's my, that's my gift from whatever you believe in. Yeah. For sure. And, and it's my passion. Though. And then when you train and you put the time in, it just, it sharpens that, that knife edge a little bit more. What is one of your just curious, uh, your like favorite training rides or training that like, you know what, when I do this, I can, you know, feel it. Do you do heel repeats and VO2 max or do you just like go, like, I'm just curious. Yeah, that, those two things right there are evil necessities, right? right. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, so when, and Leslie's now kind of since retired from sport, but, um, from Xterra, but, um, you know, most of our, you know, she was dragging me along on all their training rides, right? Well, clearly I'm the oldest, right? So I was always dragging up the rear. Um, Ironic. But, but um, lots of hill repeats. Okay. Uh, oh. Always climbing. Um, and some of the hardest rides that we have done were, you know, hill repeats out in uh, East County on... Um, on Honey Spring, you know, um, and walking away from those sessions and putting together, you know, like just really hard training sessions when you're walking and you walk away from them going, man, that was hell, but that was. That was it, that was it. You go to the line of any big race and I never, um, never questioned, am I ready? Mm. You know? Wow, that's. so. I knew that I had done everything in my power to put together. I knew that now whether I won or not wasn't, wasn't the deal. Mm -hmm. The deal was, is I had, uh, I was ready. There mm -hmm. wasn't anything more than I could do, you know, and that all, that goes from all the way from training to nutritional, you know, um, uh, strategies and those mm -hmm. types of, you know, you're leaning out, you're like at race weight where you're always hungry. You know, uh, and you know that you've, you've, you've put the trains together and then how the cards fall, they fall. Right. Yeah. But making sure that you, you touched on every area that you, you need to be proficient in. Right. So that's what I mean is like, you can't just, you can't just sit at home and wish that the work gets done. You, you have to do it. And I don't know how I, you know, I, I think for me, my career has ebbed and flowed, right? There's been times when I've taken a couple steps back and then you kind of re-energize yourself mm -hmm. um, and get fired up again mm -hmm. because you can't, it's hard to keep that fire going. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's tired. Yeah. I mean, I get tired. Right. Or I'm like, Whoa, you know, um, I just don't want to hurt that bad anymore. You know, like the triathlon, I know what it takes to operate at a particular level and uh it's just a lot of work mm -hmm. you know and, and and then you get to a point where you're like i don't think i have to prove anything to myself anymore because that's really the bottom line i'm not proving to any i'm not out there to like beat you i'm not out there to like be better than i'm out there to prove to myself that i can and at some point you just have to go you know you're good enough you know right yeah um, and not like good enough because you're at the top of your sport, but you're good enough. Just you've attained some goals, just have some fun, be healthy, you know? Yeah. 
you're still in the thick of it. I mean, I would go like, oh, you're like still like doing what you've been doing. You are still on the trajectory of it. And so like you go to the starting line and I know we're, I've taken up so much of your time already. And this has been so, um, and not much enriching, but just like so much depth in your stories. So, so thank you for all that. Mm, My pleasure. When you show up to the start line, do you ever get nervous? Get nervous all the time. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and that was one of the the questions that I, that had come across and, and, you know, I reflected on that and I learned a long time ago, um, that butterflies and nerves are good. Yeah. I want that. Right. Because here's the gig is when that gun goes off, you're not going to think about the butterflies. So it's only momentarily. And you, you want to have that going in. Right. So I think, yeah, I get nervous. You know, it's, it's scary and nervous all at the same time. But once that gun goes off, it's just, you know, every, all forward thinking, Yeah. you know, forward thinking. And, you know, there's been a lot of people, listen, there's been a lot of people I've been blessed with in my life. And, you know, my family has stood by and supported me. My sister, Kim, uh, my nieces, my husband, you know, I mean, listen, they've, they've, you know, traped across the country with me to races, been my Sherpa. And they will tell you that that is no easy task during races, you know, when I'm wanting my my splits and times, because I am intense. And they're like, you know, we don't like, we don't really like doing it, Tammy, because you're so, you know, we don't want to let you down, but um, they've stood behind me every, every step of the way. And, and, and Leslie Patterson uh, at every corner, you know, that you can do this. And uh, it just, the support and our friendship. I mean, we've done some crazy, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Uh, gal named Lori Lewis, we're about the same age currently, and we're hanging out and we do these adventures on the bike that take us places. And, you know, we do things that, you know, we aren't, we always say we aren't like the other gals, you know, 60 year olds, right. We're doing stuff and we'll look at each other and go, holy cow, do you believe we just wrote that? (laughs) And, uh, we just say, you know, we're going to keep doing it until we can't do it. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, a gift that you've given yourself that you have this much skill and fitness and health and, and you're still going. Do you, do you find that you have to, I hate to say recover or eat differently? No, I uh, eat differently. That's food. Food is like the final frontier for me. I love food. I love food too. You know? Amen. <laughs> so I do not restrict myself and probably should, uh, but I've gotten to a point where I'm like, I, I'm, you know what, I'm going to enjoy life. Um, <laughs> Um, I do have to rest more, but it doesn't mean that I do, you know, like there's like, like I said, you know, I like to go out and ride and sometimes I should probably, you know, make it a two hour ride instead of a four hour ride, but I just have so much fun. And I figure, you know, when I'm dead, I can rest, you know? Um, and honestly, I'm going to tell you something that keeps me going. Uh, and this is for real. Um, it's all of you gals hmm. that have come up in cycling in the last several years. Uh, San Diego's, uh, San Diego's, the women's cycling community has grown exponentially. Mm. There used to be, there used you could count on two hands, the, the riders here in San Diego. 
the women are incredible. And listen, you guys are fast. And so us older gals, you, you keep us honest, you know, <laughs> you, and keep you keep us honest <laughs> and, you keep, and you keep us stoking the fire and we're excited. And, and it, it really, you know, I'm just following your lead, you yeah. know, I'm just following wow. your lead for sure. Wow. It is a interesting as a, as a woman on in this, I, I thought there wasn't going to be a lot of women and then you start to find them all and getting, you're like, Oh, you're my competition. And over time you're like, we just, everybody just is such a, positive environment nothing like what you would feel like in a different sport or there's no you know talking in the sidelines and bad there's no, no. bad energy and if it's not there's no room for that and it's great it's great to to, to hear that that you see that as yeah. well um i think i gosh i think we can just keep talking but what do you how do you see things um shaping up for young kids like when you go to the start line yeah. and you see all these young kids yeah. i'm sure it's really inspiring and these fast juniors like where where do you think i don't know what do you, what do you I think? think the growth of the sport is on a surge and i and i think a lot of that is from the high school programs mm -hmm. that they have going right so it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just talking to Paul over the weekend, my husband, I'm like, you know, he was telling me that he ran into a, a juniors rider uh, on the way back from SDBC on Saturday. Guy was, the kid was 14 years old and he's, you know, uh, Paul said he was just strong and he, and he asked him, where are you riding from? And kid said, Palmo, Palmo, I, I live in, they were on the coast. Um, I lined up for wafer. Um, there were dads that were on the line that had their daughters and their sons on their wheels. And these kids are strong, quick and dirty. I line up Thursday night. There's only two, which I was surprised. There were I, only two of us in the women's expert. She was, well, she had to be 16 because it was 16 plus. So I'm racing against a 16 year old. They're strong. Listen, she's on my wheel the entire first lap. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, how am I going to? my initial racing strategy is always, how am I going to shake you? But the, 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 in this, at the same time, I'm like, you stay should on. be shaking her. She should be, you should be encouraging her to stay on the wheel, which I was. Um, and, uh, and, and she did a great job. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I line up and everybody's, everybody's younger than me. Right. <laughs> um, and, but it's great because I think, the sport is, is really growing. I think, uh, and I think, like I said, a large part of that is the high school programs that they have going. Yeah. And there's a lot of folks locally that are involved in that, uh, making that happen. Um, yeah. Uh, because to be quite honest, cycling is a tough sport for a kid just to decide, you know, I'm going to be a cyclist. You know, they have to have somebody in their family that, probably is involved in cycling. Mm -hmm. Um, just like I was with my niece. Um, you know, I got her involved and stuff like that. So, um, did she ride still? She actually got on her bike yesterday for the first time in years, but she was a national, um, uh, rider on the, uh, track up until she was on the track. On like the track. On... She was a track rider. Holy cow. Um, and up until she was about, I think 14, she broke her foot and took her off the track for a while. Uh, she was coached by a guy named Mark Whitehead at the time. Uh, he was well known. He's since passed, but one of the great coaches. Um, 
And then she discovered boys. Oh, right. But she, anyway, they got on a bike yesterday oh. uh, her and her mom, which is my sister. Uh, so who knows? Right. All right. But, uh, and then my sister rides and uh, Paul rides, you know, okay. Um, I didn't know that. I'm, I'm the only racer. I mean, um, does Paul ride with you? He does now and again. Okay. Yeah. We actually rode on Sunday. I went out for an easy ride and you know, he's probably the same one. He doesn't, you know, he, he enjoys riding for riding, you mm -hmm. know, doesn't have to go out and race. Uh, he's probably the smarter one, but, uh, <laughs> it's all good. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, I just, the sport has been, has been fabulous. Oh, um, well, it's yeah. a lifestyle. You are a, an exceptional role model. I've loved to hear all you've gone through and, um, yeah, I didn't know any of the history and I think it's well-deserved that you, sh you, I'm grateful that you get to share this and other people get to hear more about it. And I also want to highlight, I feel like I have a, not a service, but you know, obviously to, to find people like you who have been in this, in the community for so long and, um, influence how we ride. And that's my whole point. Mm -hmm. I mean, you definitely have influenced how I ride and how, what I can, mm. what I think I'm capable of. Um, so thank you. Thank My you pleasure. for everything that you've done and congratulations on all that wonderful, um, knowledge that you've gotten and all the awards. Mm. You're a wise yeah. woman, freaking badass wise <laughs> woman. Thank you. You gotta be a little crazy too. So, so next up on your radar, Quick and Dirty, doing the whole series? Uh, I'm going to try. There's probably going to be a couple that I d will uh, can't attend. But yeah, yeah. yeah I, think right. so. they, I think they need support over there, the women. and Come on out if you're an expert rider or a sport rider. I know I talked to a couple gals over there last week that, you know, one didn't line up, but she's thinking, you know, older oh. gal that she's thinking about lining up this coming week. And, you yeah, know, we got the extra lap, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, um, if you're thinking about racing, um, or getting involved in the sport, uh, it will, you won't regret it, you know, and there's a lot of people that will, you know, you know, um, offer open hands or open arms for you when you come, when you come and, um, there's just a lot of great people. So I encourage people to get out and ride and, yeah. and you know, don't, don't let the fear stop you. Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome. I don't know. Is there anything else that I, uh, that you wanted to share more about? Um, I guess you, I guess your, your experience, uh, we gotten so much out of it, but anything else? I think, you know, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just really grateful. Right. And, um, it, uh, you know, if you see me around, um, you know, uh, come up and say, hi, mm -hmm. you know, I'm willing to, sh I'm just willing to share any of my knowledge freely. Um, and I just want people to experience what, what I've experienced. Right. Yeah. So I appreciate you having me and allowing me to share my story. It's, uh, it's always kind of fun to go down memory lane yeah. for sure. Awesome. And I'll just keep showing up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks. That's a wrap then. Thank you.
Hello and welcome back. Um, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Tammy Tabik. I sure was inspired after the interview. It was such good information and life lessons in there, such good nuggets. And she truly inspired me to go and race a quick and dirty race literally almost the next week. So she's awesome. So awesome. So I hope you enjoy that as much as as much as I did and have a wonderful day. And thank you again for listening.